0: Hi, I'm Kent. And I'm Anna. And this is Film & Family. We're married, wildly in love with each other, we actually like our kids most of the time, and we make feature films.
1: We are living proof that Film & Family are not mutually exclusive, and we believe that anyone, in any circumstance, can make a feature film.
0: Hit subscribe to never miss an episode.
1: Let's jump right in.
0: Hi, so welcome to this episode. Um, We're
2: excited to share all that we have prepared for you today. (laughs) So, I would like to introduce the topic today first, I guess. And uh, I wanted to introduce it because I first started thinking about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And then Ann and I have talked about it, and then we concluded we should make a podcast out of it. But I was reading in uh, scripture, and I read a phrase that said, prepared that the word of God might be fulfilled. And it was saying that a certain thing had been prepared that the word of God might be fulfilled. And the word prepared jumped out to me, but also just this idea or this concept of like an all powerful God and whatever he says or decides happens. And it said that in order for something that he said, his word to be fulfilled, something else had to be prepared so that that could happen. And so we've been talking a lot about how this applies to film and family and, and how these principles can be super helpful. I mean, preparation is a huge principle, right? I mean, we could talk all day about different ways and I'm sure people have written loads of books about it and whatever, but we just wanted to do a podcast episode on it. And, and so I looked up a little bit about prepare, which is the Latin root and it means to make ready before, or really it's pre, which means before and pare, which means to make ready. I don't speak Latin (laughs) most people don't it's a dead language but those who actually can pronounce it I don't know if I'm pronouncing all that stuff correctly but anyway and it kind of just made me think about what what would I need to prepare in order to see certain results happen in my life and there's a lot of career things that I'm like waiting to see happen that I would like to see happen there are familial things and just personal goals and just personal growth like person i want to become how am i preparing to become that person anyway those are all thoughts that kind of started to swirl around so that was something i was thinking about and then also i thought was funny was that on google when i looked up the word and learned about the latin root it also shows this chart and the chart shows that the word was increased in usage all the way until about 19 19- It looks like about 1950, it plateaued and then dipped, (laughs) which (laughs) I think is really interesting. And so leading all the way up until World War II and just after, that word was used a lot. And since then, it has been on a steady decline until today, 2021. Prepare is that it's, I don't know about all time, but it is at least within the last 200 years, it's at its lowest point in terms of how often the word is, is used year to year. So the word is slowly declining in popularity. And yet I think our need for it is increasing. So we are going to use the word prepare several times in this podcast episode to boost the Google, uh,
1: (laughs) well, and in some ways we don't have to be as prepared as we used to be. Like we have cell phones now, So we don't have to plan as much as we used to before we had cell phones, exactly when and where I'm going to meet you or whatever.
2: Yeah,
1: it, it can be to our detriment sometimes, but it can sometimes be useful. I think there are lots of different kinds of preparation. There's mental preparation, for example, like when I had to tell my mom, mom, you need to start thinking about planning a wedding. I'm going to get married. And she said, I don't, I don't think your dad's ready to hear that. And and she's like, and I need at least three months, okay?
2: So
0: she she, she was needed preparing, some, yeah. Yeah, she
1: needed some time to prepare and my dad needed some time for mental preparation. <laughs> um, I don't know that he planned much of the wedding, but he at least needed that. And so we want to talk about what does good preparation look like? And this is not something that we're wanting to teach because we're pros at it. I'm speaking for myself, especially, this is something that I need to learn and that I struggle with. So I I think it's important for us to talk about because we've learned from hard experience that preparation is very important.
2: (laughs) Now, it's interesting because we've talked before this podcast that we've experienced too much preparation and too little preparation so Mm -hmm. we've definitely experienced too little preparation most people who have ever made any sort of film I think have experienced too little preparation most of us I think walk on sets most of the time and feel like this set could have been prepared more like or
1: anything you've done for the first time you just don't know how to prepare when you've never done it before So
2: most often, yeah, the
1: first time you, you don't feel prepared.
2: (laughs) Well, and and the most cliche examples of that would be parenthood, right? We talk about that often, but everyone says nothing can really prepare you for parenthood. Mm -hmm. Marriage, Mm -hmm. I think is probably the second most kind of lumped into that group. And, you know, honestly, I would say the same thing about feature filmmaking. I mean, school helps, shorts help, commercials help, repetition, all sorts of practice, but until you do it. That's really the best preparation to make a feature film is to make a feature film before you make a feature film. So it's one of the (laughs) best ways to prepare.
1: Even trivial stuff like wakeboarding. I remember learning to wakeboard and they showed me what to do and how to put my feet and, you know, what it would feel like and how to stand up. About as much preparation as I could be given on the boat before I tried the wakeboard. And yet there's just nothing... I mean,
2: your muscles and your brain have to just kind of yeah, get used to just the experience. Yeah, have never felt
1: you know. it before. So you don't really know what to expect.
2: Yeah. So without being too hard on ourselves, that's somewhat natural. But too little preparation can also just be a byproduct of not doing the work to prepare. Yeah. Which sometimes it's just we can't, we can do more work to prepare. Have you now, we said we experienced too much preparation. Anna, when have we ever experienced too much preparation? <laughs>
1: I think sometimes we've experienced where we prepare so much that we no longer are following our intuition. We're no longer being spontaneous. We have outlined podcasts where instead of having a conversation and learning from each other, we kind of just go through all the points Yeah, and it doesn't work as well. So I think sometimes you can over plan when when you create a plan and then you just follow it and you let your brain turn off.
2: Yeah. And that's something we've talked about with like shot listing and storyboarding, which are super valuable on films from a filmmaking standpoint, but sometimes it can, if you let it, you can turn your brain off. And and as a director, it's like, if all you're doing is thinking about like, I'm just going to follow the shot list. You stop feeling kind of what the camera and what the actors are giving you on set as you're experiencing it and you can't pivot or adjust, or, you know, you, you've, you've got to be so present that you can direct. Otherwise you're just, you're that's what your AD's job is, right? Keep an eye on coverage in the shot list and whatnot. And like the scripty he helps with some of the coverage stuff. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, and I've, I've experienced that. In fact, for a while I didn't like shot lists because I was afraid that my brain would shut off on set because sometimes the pressure gets high and you, I think that with time that, that gets better. Honestly, it takes a lot of experience to where my brain can actually think. And I say that, but sometimes I still like, I go blank, but in that, in that case, it's better to have a shot list, but at the same time, you don't want that shot list to mean your brain shuts off. So.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's a fine balance there.
2: That's maybe too much preparation or maybe just the wrong way of thinking about preparation, but what is good preparation? What constitutes good preparation let's just talk about film i guess
1: yeah and how do you know if you're prepared enough that's another Mm. one i want to talk about
2: well when i think about like i think that that comes with experience for me like i think about some people that i knew who shot weddings for a long long time and i also shot wedding videos for a while and with experience you start to learn when you have it you're like okay i've shot enough today i know that i've got what i need to go into the next phase, which is the editing room. In the same way, I think with feature filmmaking and with short filmmaking and even just high-end production, like commercial stuff, you sort of learn, okay, you get an idea like where the threshold is of like prepared enough. Because yeah. you could always prepare forever. That was the other thing that we wanted to say about too much preparation is if you never actually make the film. Yeah. Like you're preparing so much that you've taken something that might take a few months and made it into a few years. And now you're just stalling your career.
1: Yeah, sometimes that can come from perfectionism or just a fear of actually doing the thing. So you just prepare forever, yeah. waiting to feel prepared enough. Yeah. Um, and you just might not.
2: And so it, it takes some experience, I think, to say, yeah, it's time to start pushing forward. It always takes a little bit of like that transition from this phase to the next phase to the next phase is uncomfortable. It takes a little bit of, like, I'm not sure if I'm ready. Let's just push forward and see how much it hurts you know like let's just see how prepared we really are and so you kind of start to move forward in fact test screenings I mean we just did a test screening and I kind of felt like that I was like you know what this film could definitely be more polished for its first test screening let's just test it anyway let's just feel how bad it hurts and where we really are. And I thought it was productive. We didn't really lose anything from it. So,
1: Well, I think you can know yourself. You can know if your tendency is towards perfectionism and waiting too long to do things or worrying about all the ways that it could go wrong, or if your tendency is towards jumping in too quickly and not being as prepared as you need to be, which is definitely my tendency. So you can kind of prepare for your your tendency <laughs> by saying like for me if i prepare to the level that feels like way over prepared then i'm probably sufficiently prepared yeah. because i know i tend to under prepare
2: whereas another person in like the opposite side of that spectrum might say i don't feel ready and they kind of need someone who's going to be like You're ready. We're ready. Let's do it. You're good. Yep. Just push it forward. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a balance, and it takes a lot of getting to know yourself.
1: I want to talk about the benefits of preparing because sometimes in my mind, I actually see benefits to procrastinating, and I'd like to, to address both of those Mm. for my own sake, probably. Well, it's
2: interesting that like we talked about preparing could be a way to procrastinate, but that's usually passive preparation, right? But real preparation is like. The opposite. It, that's proactivity, right? Yeah. Um, it's
1: preparing. I mean, it's prepare. It's to make ready beforehand hmm. instead of to make ready in the moment. In the moment <laughs> like, okay, which is what I like we here usually we go. Do.
2: <laughs> which you can do if you have endless amounts of money, but if you don't, then it's like, it really starts to hurt. I remember like watching it behind the scenes on Pearl Harbor and Michael Bay was just shouting at people like, could I get like 10 people on fire falling from that boat? And I was like, did he just come up with that? Like <laughs> he's like, just now was like, you know what the shot needs <laughs> 10 people on fire falling off that boat and I'm, they were just <laughs> they just had that ready I'm like that's that's crazy anyway that's what happens when you have millions of dollars I, I mean guess. you've got pyro people there and you've got extras and I'm sure they had everything they needed so they were prepared to be able to have Michael Bay spout crazy stream of conscious commands at them <laughs> anyway um Sorry, for the tangent doesn't mean you
1: don't have to be prepared because they, <laughs> they, they were they were prepared. prepared.
2: They could. They said, "Yeah, but yeah, it's... we we can. We can get burning people falling off that boat." <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Michael.
1: Maybe more doable. <laughs> yeah,
2: but if you don't have money, then you really need to prepare to have burning people falling off your boat beforehand. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Make that ready. <laughs> so you were talking about the benefits of preparation. Yeah. So
1: I guess I tend to kick into gear when the deadline gets close. It helps me have a little mm-hmm. fire under. <laughs> under my behind to get going but i also think
2: that what okay just you that rolled off your tongue that (laughs) idiom there anyway
1: i also think of the phrase where they say that however much time you set aside to do something is how long it will take yeah and sometimes i worry oh if i set aside a whole week to do this thing it's gonna take me a whole week and it does not need to
2: saturday (laughs) well
1: but even if I sit down and I'm like, okay, it's time to work on this thing. I might work slower because I know I have lots of time than when I know I don't have lots of time. Hmm. It sounds a little silly when well, I say it out loud, well, but, but-, but,
2: it, but it does make sense that like, I think that's a principle that we've tried to put into action in our life is that this will take as long as we give it.
1: It helps and, us be more efficient
2: and proactive, especially on things that don't need to be perfect. But on the flip side, giving yourself more time and maybe you get the same thing done and it just takes two or three times as long. That sounds inefficient, but in art, I think that it's not inefficient. In fact, I think that giving it time lets ideas simmer a little more slowly. It helps reduce mistakes. And I think just going slower can be, it has its benefits. So, Well, and what
1: I'm thinking right now is, as we talk about this is I could still give myself a time limit and say, I have two hours to complete this, thing but it's a week before it's actually due
2: that's true too you know because then if even if you finish it you could have a week to say well I can improve it Mm -hmm. or you could take it two hours and realize you didn't finish it and but you've got buffer that's contingency I think is preparing for the unpreparable
1: which leads us naturally into the benefits of preparing beforehand because for example if you're packing a suitcase and going on a trip and you make a packing list, you're not going to forget stuff as easily. Um, or if you have to go to the store and get something, you can do it beforehand.
2: Once again, our brains always think clear. If we're like packing up because we need to leave in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you're going to forget stuff. But if you're writing a list down a day or two before your brain is w- not, you're, it's just, you're not you're, trying you're to th- juggle
1: 50 things. Right. And you're
2: thinking in a totally different place. You're just calm and you're thinking logically. You're not in an emotional, like, we need to go sort Mm -hmm. of state, just like film. When you're actually feeling emotional, your logical brain is gone. (laughs) It's gone. But if you're prepared, first of all, you made a lot of decisions before that day, right, with your logical brain. And second of all, you're not going to get as emotional on set, which will give you more capacity to improvise and change and still have your brain, you know, logical on set. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Our brains can only hold so much information at one time. And so if you have it on paper, you're not trying to hold on to it. You can refer back to it and have a little more peace of mind. I honestly think that one of the most compelling reasons for me is just that it's more enjoyable. It's a more enjoyable way to work. When I'm rushing at the last minute, I don't enjoy the work that I'm doing as much. And When I do it in advance and I feel like I have the time, the sufficient amount of time that I need to do a task, I can enjoy it more and sometimes enjoy it longer. If I put my holiday decorations up at the beginning of December instead of right before Christmas Eve, then I get to enjoy those all month long.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I had this experience that you're describing just recently, a friend of mine who's a really talented commercial filmmaker asked me to help him on a project that he's been preparing for a long time and it's a big project and he's I kind of felt like he was kind of overdoing it right I was kind of like oh, <laughs> I feel like you know it'll be fine you're you're kind of stressing over this and then I got on his set and he had prepared it very well it was just him and I it was a crew of two it was two cameras shooting sort of a talking head style instructional content but the set was beautiful. Like they really set it up really nicely. He had taped down very specific lighting schematics and there were three different setups that we would move into, but he had drawn overheads of those setups and he had taped on the ground, the marks of every single light and camera. And so the setups were quick. He had made sure that he had every single piece of needed gear, exactly how it needed to be set up. And to your point, Anna, it was a really enjoyable experience for me. Like, I walked on and he was totally prepared. It was very easy to work with him. It was very easy for my brain to be focused on catching little errors and seeing little things and making subtle changes. I wasn't directing the shoot, but I could, I could talk to my friend and give suggestions and and that was helpful for him, but I could do that because I wasn't tinkering with gear and trying to fiddle with stuff that wasn't working or just constantly solving for stuff that isn't quite ready. And, And it actually inspired me a lot because He did. He took the preparation to the next level and it made set actually relaxing, which
1: very rare experience. Right. I think,
2: I think, (laughs) I think 10 years ago before I was doing this a lot more professionally, I would have thought it was boring. I'd have been like, this is boring to sit on this set. Like there's not that much exciting stuff happening. And now after being through so many stressful sets, I'm like, this is so enjoyable. Like I can just sit and like, make sure everything's working well and focus on how do I take this to the next level and, and give suggestions to improve it. And he thought that was valuable. And so I was more valuable to him because he was so prepared, which I think is the case with any movie. I think our actors, our crew, our, ourselves, right. We're all going to give more value to the film if we're not all trying to scramble and fix last minute, you know, sort of things falling apart. And so Yeah. Obviously some of that's unavoidable. That's why you prepare with contingency money, contingency time, because you know, that stuff will happen occasionally, but a lot of preparation can, can prevent some of those like high stress scenarios. So that's what I'm learning through hard experience and good experiences. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. And something that you taught me that you mentioned was just because I know that I tend to underprepare to plan twice as much time for everything that I need to do. Mm -hmm. which you just mentioned contingency. And it made me think of that, that Mm. that's another way to prepare is to create contingency time and money for the things you can't prepare for. That's how you prepare for them. So you actually can prepare for the unexpected
2: Mm.
1: and expect that it will happen by setting that timer or or money aside.
2: I just thought of a quote,
1: Mm.
2: a lack of contingency leads to an abundance of contention could put that on like a vinyl anyway so i, I think some i wanted to talk about i gonna go back to this
1: so i think that's one compelling reason the other one is just that there are sometimes windows of opportunity and i thought of the story of the 10 virgins how uh, they had to be prepared with oil in their lamps When the bridegroom came, if you're familiar with the story in the Bible, the doors open and the women who were not prepared, who ran to get some oil, missed it and they were not admitted to the wedding party. And I think we've all had experiences like this where we miss some sort of a window of opportunity um, because we were not prepared or we make it in that window of opportunity because we are prepared or because we take action when we need to. I do think that's another good reason to prepare is so that when those opportunities come, we can take them. And Malcolm Gladwell wrote the book Outliers, where he talks about the 10,000 hours and what is it that makes people who are outliers stand out or soar to success above their peers. And it was that they had practiced, first of all, for 10,000 hours was the average Amount before they had this huge success, but also that they were ready for an opportunity and that there were opportunities all the time. It wasn't just one lucky moment, but that not everyone was ready for the opportunity because not everyone had prepared when an opportunity came.
2: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about some unconventional ways to prepare for film. And some of those I'll just list quickly. I think. One that I've learned, these are just ones that I've learned, which is why they're unconventional. (laughs) Building a relationship of trust with your key collaborators. I think a lot of us work so fast sometimes that we don't get really any time to work with actors or key crew as much as we would like to. And I think that it's actually really important to come with a relationship of trust. That might sound obvious, but the reason I think it matters is because I don't want to get on set trust is almost a form of contingency because you know that there's going to be pressure on that relationship. And if you don't trust each other and you don't have contingency of trust, your trust runs out. And then suddenly everything gets to be really strenuous and stressful. Whereas if you have a bunch of trust, emergencies can happen where it's like, wait, I don't understand. Or like, maybe I understood the script differently than you. You can just kind of lean on that trust on in each other and give and take in that relationship especially actors and directors but also everyone so i would take more time to get to know and trust build that trust and then um the other one is the director's breakdown that's not super different or like unique of a thing but i think often we prepare with shot lists but the director's breakdown is specifically the essence of each character and the point of each scene and all the little details that are just uniquely yours about the scene i think is really important to Write down. And then the other one is something that Anna really loves to do, and I super love it, is just watching really great reference films and soaking those in before and during.
1: My Aunt June passed away, great great Aunt June, yeah recently. And she was a big actress for a little bit while she was young and she performed in theater. And one of her daughters had recorded her reading some lines from our town. Yeah. And it was beautiful. I actually cried listening to it just at the virtual streaming of her funeral. And I thought, how did she do that so well? And I think that theater sometimes has this advantage where actors rehearse. They rehearse their lines over and over and over again. And they're not expecting to be able to look over their lines really quickly before they do a scene or that they don't have to be completely memorized, that they don't have to get it on the first take. We're so used to film, which lets us be kind of lazy <laughs> and, and not have to prepare as much, but then it's not as good. It really does make a difference when actors take that time to thoroughly prepare and learn their lines and rehearse and be ready to deliver on take one. It doesn't mean you can't do a few takes, but I just know that there's in theater, that's kind of the expectation. And I think right. we've lost some of that over time. Yeah.
2: I was thinking about this short film called Thunder Road, which won Sundance in like 2013 or so It was a while back. No, well, it might have been, maybe it was more recently than that, but check it out on Vimeo, Thunder Road. It's about a cop. He does a dance and song for his mom's funeral. And anyway, the one the take, short film, right? yeah, the whole short yeah. film is a wonner and it's like 13 minutes long. And he was presenting it at film schools because they won Sundance with it. And he made it into a feature and later and it won south by southwest and anyway they were like how did you memorize all the blocking and lines for 13 minute one and he was like have you ever seen a play <laughs> and i actually thought that was really a great response because it was so true theater actors not only do they have to memorize the whole two-hour play and some especially the lead roles i mean that's a ton and blocking but they also have to make it fresh every night. And so their craft, the level of preparation that theater actors experience as they have to really dig deep and make it human every time makes them super powerful on movie sets. I feel like, and so they're able to just come super prepared. They're able to work the character and try it lots of different ways. They've, They've, they've honed their craft. They're like sharpened tools, you know? So it's just the last, I guess, great example of the power of preparation. When I think about actors, am I that prepared? Can I show up and just do the whole movie right now? You know, obviously movies are technical visual things, but do I know this movie as well as the actors do, you know? so
1: Well, yeah, we could all prepare that way as if we have one take, we have one shot, you yeah. know, this is it. We're live. Yeah. I think we can approach it that way.
2: But expect expect six when you're preparing your schedule. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or more. (laughs) So maybe more. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you feel prepared to go out and prepare more. (laughs) Well, speaking
1: of preparation, we do have a window of opportunity that's opening very soon, which is the doors to the film and family academy. We're very excited to open the doors and start letting people in. This is our first time launching. The membership the way it is right now, with all the coursework we've recorded and a lot of new additions. So, check that out in the show notes at go to invisiblemansion.com forward slash film and family and join the interest list. So, you'll get all the details when those doors open so you don't miss it.
2: Awesome. Join us next time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, You'll love the Film and Family Academy, a program designed to teach anyone how to make a feature film.
1: No, we won't teach you how to put a camera on a tripod. This is for professional filmmakers who want to transition into a feature film career.
0: You cannot have a career making feature films until you've made at least one. Anyone can make a feature film using our proven model.
1: The things that are holding you back aren't what you think. You don't have to quit your day job, neglect family responsibilities, have tons of money, or sacrifice your health. There is a sustainable, healthy way to make your dream a reality. And that's exactly what you'll learn in the Film and Family Academy.
0: It's risk-free. If you follow all the steps in the program, you'll finance and finish a feature film by the end, or we'll give you your money back.
1: Learn more at invisiblemansion.com forward slash film and family,
0: or click the link in the show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.